We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. A victorious Broncos morning. Welcome in, everybody. It's the Mile High Huddle podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me this morning is none other than Eric Trickle, co-host of the Doe Valley Deep Divers pod, and, of course, the senior draft analyst at MHH. Eric, the Broncos, it wasn't pretty, but they got off the schneid. They snapped the four-game losing streak. You saw a beautiful picture of what could be on that 98-yard drive to retake the lead uh, in the fourth quarter. A couple of really – or actually third quarter. And then the fourth quarter, a nice touchdown drive uh, to retake the lead, I should say. Dude, what what has been your gut reaction to this game this morning? Well, we saw the flashes of what this offense can be when Russell Wilson speeds things up, doesn't panic, actually works through his reads with a with good timing, doesn't hold on to the ball too long, with Hackett's play designs of setting plays up, you know, his his um passing designs, passing concepts, one of them like to on every time getting Dulcich open on that one ninety-eight yard drive was just such a beautiful play design and it was able to be executed. And that's the other thing is the execution of it from the offensive line to the receivers to Russell Wilson. Everybody went out there and executed. So we saw what this offense can be if they could just play to that consistently. This team would be a playoff contender. We just haven't had it for the first six weeks. Yeah. So- it, it's like uh... If you could just get that version of Russ, it doesn't have to be a 98-yard drive every time, but just a guy that's in command. You know, when the chips were down, you you saw him start using his legs. And that's why, Eric, I think this whole notion, and you've been big on this since the very beginning, but the the purported, the rumor, let's just say, that – a big part of Russell Wilson's struggles has been this kind of dogged determination to prove he can be a pocket quarterback like the Tom Brady's and the Peyton Manning's and the Drew Brees's of the NFL announced. And when it's not working out, he just goes back to being Russ. And when he just goes back to being Russ, that's when good things happen. So I don't know how much longer he wants to hold on to that and how much longer Nathaniel Hackett, Eric, uh, plans to hold on to that. Uh, really quick before we. Uh, we're, we're excited because Scott Kennedy is actually across the pond 
and we're going to bring him on here in just a second. He's in uh, Wembley Stadium as we speak. Before we do that, though, Eric, we got to say hello. We got to say thank you to uh, presenting sponsor of tonight's, I should say this morning. I'm so used to saying tonight, uh, the live stream pod. And by this point, you guys have probably guessed it. We love partnering up with this company. That is NordVPN. Listen up. If you are getting increasingly more concerned about cybercrime, people stealing your private data, invading your privacy, you got to look at NordVPN. Because listen, I'm not even tax, uh, tech, blah, tech savvy. All right. It's early. You got to cut me some slack here. But that's why I use NordVPN because, you know, you don't need a degree from MIT. You can get it on your desktop, your tablet, your phone, what have you. VPN stands for Virtual Private Network. And NordVPN, it's a one-stop shop for all things cybersecurity for the single, uh, the price, I should say, of a single cup of coffee. You get that complete peace of mind knowing that your devices are protected. And, hey, you can beat the uh, system, so to speak, when it comes to, you know, you can change your geolocation with your VPN, catch games that you want to catch, whether it's Bronco games, NFL, NBA, whatever, out of market, Eric. Yeah, so Broncos country, you can grab your exclusive NordVPN deal by going to nordvpn.com slash MHH to get a huge discount off your NordVPN plan. Plus, you get four months for free. It's completely risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com slash milehighhuddle or MHH to get four months free. Yep, that. One more time, nordvpn.com slash MHH, and we appreciate them uh, supporting the show. Real quick, let's get to some very patient and exuberant Super Chat superstars today. Uh, Patriot Techs, thank you, buddy. Appreciate you getting in early. He says, finally, three, count them, Eric, one, two, three offensive <laughs> touchdowns. Clutch defense. Oh, look, here we go, here we go. Here's Scott. This is We're doing this kind of on the fly because Scott is at the stadium, and when you log in from your phone on the stream yard, it just pops you right on the screen. Scott, dude, we were just grabbing a a super chat from from Patriot Text. Bro, how is it at Wembley? I was was surprised to be popped right in, so I'm glad things are okay. Hope you can hear me okay. Uh, Everybody's leaving the field right now, so there's a lot of Broncos fans sticking around, cheering the fans on, cheering the guys and uh, the coaches leaving. Russell Wilson just went off the field. He got a big reception. Good. Um, things were great here. It was, I think it was a Jacksonville home game, but once Denver started playing well, I'm pretty sure there were more Broncos fans here. They started standing up and really being heard. So, uh, entertaining game, a little bit of a slow start, but uh, a good time here and a record-breaking crowd for NFL Europe right. between the Jaguars and Broncos. Broke a record. So, very cool. About 86,000 fans here at Wembley Stadium. Hey, Scott, who's that beautiful bald man to your right? He is over there. That is Ethan, the DWI guy. Say hello, Ethan. Yo, the DWI guys in the flesh. That's the DWI. He exists. He exists. We've been hanging out all day together. So he's been a great guy for uh, the city that he lives in. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well, uh, what was it like when the Broncos, I mean, being there abroad, when things started off a little bit sketchy, what was the mood like amongst the fans in the stadium? It was pretty tame. It was pretty quiet as far as, like, everything going here. It was it was fairly subdued. Um, you know, I'm sitting here with a bunch of fans from different countries. I'm like, this isn't exactly the product that's going to get you to say, you know, this really is NFL. I get it. I love it. I'm like <laughs> – but then, you know, then it, it gets going and, you know, that, that, that sometimes 
the NFL is a slow build. You know, the American games with a clock, they come down to a conclusion. Um, you know, where you get a one-nil soccer match, the first goal could be in the first, you know, three minutes, and then it's quiet for the most part the rest of the game. So, uh, but the mood, the, the mood was good, and I think it's a really, really positive atmosphere for Denver Broncos fans uh, to finish the game. So we'll get out and see if we can get some fan reactions before we get out of here. What do you think? And I think the mood for everybody, I think, is going to be much, much better than it was coming in, even in the first half. Yeah. <laughs> Even in the first half, I think the mood is much better. Well, Russ talked about, hey, you know, we just got to get the one win and then we can get hot. We can go on a run. Did you see anything today in person, Scott? I mean, we watched, of course, on TV, but did you see anything in person that made you hopeful that the Broncos could use this as some sort of a leapfrog, you know, stoned, going into the bye, come out, get on a run? Yes, Graham Glasgow at center. Yes. That's that, it's that simple. It's, it's, I'm sorry. I'm sorry it had to happen with an injury to Lloyd Cushenberry, but it is that freaking simple. Get better on the interior offensive line, and this game is a lot easier. Yep. I started watching Glasgow as soon as he came on. He was Even if he wasn't winning the point of attack, he was at least holding his own. Instead of if you drop back in a pass, he wasn't getting pushed back into Russell Wilson's lap. If you were running a play, he was at least holding the line of scrimmage instead of setting it three yards behind him. Yep. It's it's this I, I said to Ethan, I'm like, all of these new fancy terms that everybody wants to use for these defenses, my ass, pardon my language, <laughs> beat the guy in front of you, and this is a really simple game. Graham Glasgow was a difference between in a win and a loss today. To me, it's that easy. Yeah. And you can build on that now. Right on, brother. Well, listen, we'll uh, we'll cut you loose so you can go do your thing, and uh, we'll get to the chat and get everybody's super chats. But, guys, make sure you stay tuned on Twitter. Make sure you stay tuned, our, our subscribers on YouTube, because Scott's going to be doing some stand-up, talking to some fans. It's going to be fun. He's already got one video up for you, for those of you subscribing on YouTube, so go check that out. Scott, we love you, big dog. Safe travels home. All right. Thanks, y'all. Talk to you soon. All right, buddy. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. 
From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Scott Kennedy, there he goes. We wanted to, we weren't sure exactly what kind of, uh, you know, ancillary noise there was going to be in the background. It was enough, I think, for everybody to hear Scott. But for, and, and in a live stream where you're seeing us on on camera, you know, you could live with that. But for those who are going to be listening to this on demand as a as a podcast after the fact, it's not going to be as easy even in an, in an edit. Do our best to clean that up. But still love hearing from Scott. Love seeing the DWI guys. And uh, it's awesome. Patriot Tech's again. Thank you, big dog. It is a step in the right direction. Lilo real quick here. Eric says, what a damn game. We finally won for once. And this is actually Russ's best game behind the Vegas game, sloppy, uh, sloppy first quarter was due to got a tutty. Second half was all Broncos. The refs sucked, but we got a win. I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not really in the mood to pick nits. I, I'm, I'm not sure the Vegas game was Russ's best game, but either way, this was a step forward. Was it perfect? No, Eric, but it was a step forward. Yeah. I mean, it just goes to what I was saying earlier is that we saw what Russ can be when he does what he can do, when he uses his legs, when he's able to play instinctive football, when he's kept there and he has and he's in there thinking, he tends to pull the ball a little too long, brings pressure on himself. So we saw we got this good balance of it. And when that we got that balance, things worked. We got those touchdown drives. We were able to move the ball. We got points on the board. So it's just a matter of sticking with that. Now is a great time to look back on this game and say, this is what we did well. Let it, let's stick with it. They have the bye week next week. Just got to, you got to, you know, put the work in, continue to put the work in because the coaches are and just, you know, continue improving off of that, those good aspects of it. You know, this game made me feel like, and by the way, the Duchess jumping in early. Thank you, Michaela. She says, Kwan Williams had himself a game. Yes, he did. And that call against him early on, that penalty was such horse excrement. Like, that really irritated me. But, Michaela, we will talk about uh, Kwan here in just a minute. Um, clutch defense, says Plum Bob. Thank you, buddy. Let, clutch defensive stop. Let's go. Yes. Um, th- this gave me some hope, Eric. A small amount. I'm not setting... You know, all of I'm not pinning all of my hopes on this, but this game gave me some hope that when Russell Wilson, like I was saying to Scott while he was on with this, when he gets up to the podium on a Wednesday presser and he's like, hey, look, you know, we're slumping, whatever, but we're grinding and, you know, all it takes is that one win and then we can get hot and we can go on a run. This gives me a modicum of hope that that could still happen because, again, this has been such a mystery. Nobody saw Russell Wilson coming to Denver and literally playing worse than a rookie. Nobody on the planet, okay, nobody, not even those cynical Seahawks who dealt him to Denver could have foreseen the depths of the depredations Russell Wilson has led these Broncos through. But at the same time, Eric, we we knew based on that. I mean, this isn't a guy who's a third, fourth year, fifth year pro. He's got one or two Pro Bowls. This isn't Derek Carr where you're not really sure exactly what he is. You think he might be. You know, a guy. Now, this is a dude that's been to nine Pro Bowls in ten years in the league, and he's in year eleven. This is a guy who's who's 
sample size is considerable. You can sink your teeth into it. Why have we not been able to see that come out on the wash uh, for the Broncos? Hey, who knows? Well, we've, we've theorized till the cows co have come home, and we're still waiting for them. There's a few straggler cows that have not come home quite yet, but it gives me a little hope, I guess, in a long-winded way here, Eric. Yeah, I mean, and it's a good game to get, you know, give that hope. As we've been talking about, we got to see what this offense gets to do when things are clicking, when execution's going well, when Russell Wilson is playing good football. I mean, the start of the game, I mean, we saw the same issues. The locking onto the receiver pre-snap, almost an interception on the first pass, and a couple of plays later, he did throw an interception. And they got away from that. He stopped locking onto receivers pre-snap. He started making his going through his reads. Still missed open receivers at times that ended in poorly, but it wasn't nearly as consistent. And that helped Nathaniel Hackett and his play calls, who I've never been you know super harsh about the play calling i thought it's been fine it's been more sequencing we saw better sequencing but we got to see the play calling and the beauty of some of these plays we saw it and it's just when the execution goes everything else looks better and that's what we're and that's what we really got today and that's a good reason to, to you know be hopeful for jacob the silent one foster throwing down some stars appreciate that big dog savage boy kev on twitch is saying this win before the bye it relieves all my stress. Well, we're glad to hear that, brother. It's it's encouraging. Uh, Jonathan Peterson on, on YouTube with a super chat. Thank you, bro. He says, another game of missed throws, but somehow we won this one. We won this one because for a change, Eric, Russell Wilson, again, imperfect, but Russell Wilson saved his best ball for when it mattered most, third quarter, fourth quarter. Like, hey, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And this time... If you think about it, Eric, every game the Broncos have won this year, whether it's the Houston game, the Niners game, and now this one, they only have three. Um, but in each one of those games, the common denominator is Wilson found a way to get that drive in the fourth quarter, that that drive that you absolutely had to have. That's what separates. You know, the, the broadcast did a good job of illustrating how the Jags have lost every one-score game they've been in, and this is another one, right? Now they're still over on that. The good teams find a way to come out on top. And uh, the good quarterbacks just find a way, make a way. And that's what Russ did today. Yeah. And it's just a thing of just consistency. Like, I know I've been hard on Russ. I'm typically hard on all quarterbacks. I've been hard on Russ all season long for the issues that he has. And when you see him play to his strengths, when you see him, you know, speed things up, you see much better play from him. And that's just what you need consistently. And we just got to get it from him consistently. It's not exactly what he wants to do. And because of the rumors that, you know, right. he wants to be this pocket pass quarterback. But even when he is doing that, if he can play with that sped up, you know, reads playing a little bit faster, not holding on to the ball too long, we can still see it be effective, which we and again saw today. So it's just a matter of just putting it all together consistently for Wilson, which, of course, is going to help out the rest of the offense. Yeah, you saw the Broncos actually get into the 20s for, what, the second time this season? Lilo here says, thank you for the super chat, buddy. Uh, I'm glad to see you back, by the way. He says, uh, three tutties was a dying, uh, was dying. We needed crazy, was dying. We needed, we needed the three touchdowns. Crazy win, but the refs were just due to Simmons. Justin had a revenge with that from the penalty with the interception. KJ Hamler lit the field with his speed. Bradley Chubb, I hope we keep him. Finally, a win safe for now good points lilo eric how much of this how much does this win take some pressure off a of hackett oh a lot 
Uh, I don't think he would have been fired in season, but I think if they lost this game, it was about 99% certainty that he was being one and done. Um, now I, now I'd say it's probably about, you know, 60 to 75%. This is a team, uh, that can still go on a run. All right. The Broncos, it's possible. I mean, Russell Wilson, so many people have lost faith in Russ and I totally understand why. I mean, it's been that bad. It's one thing to like, oh, he's playing okay, but the team's just not having success. Like you've seen in the two seasons as a Seahawk where he didn't lead him to the playoffs. That, that'd be one thing. But when you are the reason, your failure to launch is the reason your team is losing, and by you know, in large measure anyway, people are going to get off that train. But I do believe in Russell Wilson. I do. Like I've I've been more inclined, Eric, to chalk up this first early season struggles to just kind of coaching, like like Peyton said in his presser on Thursday. You know, so much newness. Coaches getting to know that Russ, Russ, the coaches, and just the system, the supporting cast. I just felt like the coaches were maybe kowtowing too much to Russ. They needed to, um, you know, get back to the basics in terms of scheming to, to his strengths instead of just scheming to what he, what what would stroke his ego or his pride. And hopefully, the, this was a little bit more of a wake up call for the Broncos that when you let Russ, when you scheme Russ into into situations that allow him to play to his strengths, and I'm talking about Russ, not the coaches here. Okay. Hopefully Russ has that wake up call. Brandon says trade Albert O for Brandon Cooks, Eric. Yeah, I mean it would take a lot more to get Brandon Cooks in a healthy scratch for a three week straight. Um, Lance and I we talked about this Friday night about what you could get for Albert O. I mean, it seems like it's a case of you're sending Albert O on a seventh for a sixth round pick, or you're just getting a seventh round for him. There's just there's no value there. I mean, he gives no effort as a blocker, he hasn't developed as a receiver. He's big and athletic, but you don't see it often and injuries have also been an issue with him so the value just isn't there albert there will not be a a live stream pod tonight so that's what this one's for just for what it's worth the, the gut reaction and listen nothing rankles me more than being made to get out of bed on the bright on a sunday morning like i'm sorry up yours nfl for that i almost i almost did something that would have made this a not family friendly show but uh <laughs> I'm here. I'm I'm functioning on about 80%. Like, I don't know. I'm just not a morning person. The way it works for me, dude, is I don't fully come a- alive and awake till about noon. Doesn't matter what time I wake up, dude. I could get up at seven like I did today. I'm not going to be fully kind of like Jensen in the zone, the me that everyone knows, including my wife and my kids, till about noon. And so my wife, like, she just knows, like, all right, if we got to talk about something that's going on with the kids at school or we got to make a plan or I need your opinion on this or I want you to sign. She just waits till after lunch, Eric, and that's a smart thing to do if you're my wife. Yeah, for me, I mean, I didn't intend on getting up for this game, but I woke up about 4 a.m. not feeling so well. Uh-oh. And I've just managed to stay up. And so I'm I'm running 80% would be nice. I'm probably right about 50 and, you know, plummeting fast. But, uh, so you know, a win like helps... That? A win helps keep me a little um, energized. Like a cold or something, or what? Uh, no, not quite a cold. Oh, all right. Lilo, number three of the morning. Thank you, big dog. Penalties and the refs killed us, but this win is awesome. Revel in it, Lilo. Revel in it, okay? Mike Matthews throwing down some stars on Facebook. We do appreciate that, Mike. He says, I believe that this is the turnaround that we needed. We have that adrenaline and that hunger now. We hope you're right, Mike. It gives us hope gives me hope. I'll speak for myself. It does give me hope that 
you know, all of Russell Wilson's talking points from the podium in between all these losses, that they might hold water, that there's still the that that Russell Wilson who put himself on a path to the Hall of Fame, that that guy is still in there somewhere, right? Like it's up to the coaches to continue to figure out how to suss that that Hall of Fame Russ onto the field, but this does give us some hope. Yeah, and I've seen a lot of people talking about it in the chat too, and I mean Scott hit um, Scott touched on it too. Part of the difference with this was the improvement the offensive line had. Still not a great unit by any means. And unfortunately, it had to happen with Lloyd Cushenberry getting hurt. But Graham Glasgow at center was a difference. Things settled down. You were no longer shifting your protection inside to help out your center as much because you could trust him to win his one-on-ones a little bit. Unfortunately, Quinn Miners didn't have a good game. But these improvements around Russ as well helped him be able to step up and be more consistent as a player. Proud Pharisee jumping in. Appreciate that, my friend. Respect to Justin Simmons and Kwan Williams. Now, we're going to grab Michaela's second super chat here. But before we do, let's kind of rewind it back to the topic of her first one, which Proud Pharisee kind of shares here, which is Kwan Williams. And, and, and we'll, we'll graft in Simmons. Simmons, I got to be honest with you, to me has been a come. Uh, he, he's gone back to the, the nickname I always had for Justin was Almost Simmons. Right, that was his nickname, almost because, you know, up until the last two seasons under Fangio, he—I'll say the three seasons under Fangio. So we're talking 16, 17, 18. So his first three years in the league, he's just almost would get to tip the pass. He would almost pick it off. He would almost make that big tackle. He would, you know, he was just always almost on the brink of greatness. And that was the version we've seen from him since he returned from that injury after missing a quarter of the season. Today. Uh, he at least made that one big play. That was great to see. And very untypical, Eric, to see him get an unsportsmanlike taunting penalty. I loved seeing Chubb. That shows you what kind of, by the way, what kind of pull, what kind of clout Bradley Chubb has as a leader to be able to walk over to the defensive leader who's jawing away at a wideout or a running back, whatever it was, and like literally grab him by the helmet and like twist his head away from it like who would dare do that besides maybe chubb maybe kareem yeah taunting penalties need to go away i absolutely hate them and stupid i'm not one to complain about refs or penalties or anything like that typically but when you get taunting in there you're just taking fun away like i understand it if you want to call them to an extent like if things get carried away sure but I highly doubt things got carried away from Justin Simmons there. And it was just some jarring of, Hey, I put you, I laid you on your butt. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm going to rub it in a little mm. bit and you're going to yeah. throw a flag on that. Like somebody posted in there that the NFL means the not fun league. And that's been a joke for years now. And taunting penalties are a big reason why it'd be one thing on taunting. If it was like you were screaming at the head coach on the sideline of the opposing team, right? You're yeah. like talking mad crap to players who aren't even on the field or um, it'd be another thing too. If these players were like you mic'd up live in the game and you were hearing them curse or something, none of those things are the case. Taunting. I agree with you is weak sauce. The Duchess, very generous super chat. Thank you, my friend. She says, I think our D our run defense was pretty bad. Yes, this is, and this is a good guy to have on, on the show to kind of explain what's going on here, but you're right on that. Michaela, she says, but overall, I think this is as close as a complete win we've gotten thus far. Eric, we've seen some leaky defense. I mean, everyone wants to gush over Ejiro Evero, and I'm right there with you. Like, the dude has been a revelation. It's been really cool seeing him uh, take over 
a Vic Fangio defense that was good, not great. And But this is what's holding them back from takeaways and run defense is what's holding Ejiro Evero's defense back from being amongst the NFL's truly great defenses. Yeah, and there's with the run defense, it's so complimentary. Like it is a it is a thing of where one person can fail and the whole unit looks bad. And that's what we're getting a lot of. DJ Jones has been absolutely stellar. I gotta give some praise to Patrick Sertan today for his play against the run. I've been critical of him for all season for his lackadaisical play against the run and um his poorest tackling attempts he had one really bad attempt today and then it, it like it's like a flip switched and he just turned it on he yeah. improved losing ronald darby has hurt the run defense because damari mathis is still growing and learning his run fills um not having baron browning or uh, Z- uh randy gregory out there is also hurting because nick benito he's a guy who coming into the nfl we knew he had run defense issues he just wants to get up field quickly so he vacates a spot um Deshaun Williams is struggling against the run. Draymond Jones is inconsistent. I mean, he'll shoot the gap and he'll make a tackle for a loss, but at the same time, he'll also shoot a gap and just leave that lane open and miss and not be able to get the get the tackle. Your safeties, Justin Simmons had some good run fills, but Kareem Jackson has really struggled with his run fills. Your linebackers, without not including Jerry Josie Jewell for the most part, have been over pursuing. Even Alex Singleton in the game where he had the, all those five billion tackles. There were multiple plays against the run where he was over pursuing. Unfortunately, there was somebody on the back end to cover up a little bit. So it's just a, a lot of different issues with it that it's it's correctable. You can fix it. It's just a matter of the players got to go out there and they they got to play better. It's not so much what Evro can do. It's what the players need to do. One of our great supporters on Facebook, Clayton, throwing down also some stars today. Appreciate that, buddy. He says, Wilson was cooking in this game. We stick to the basics and we win, baby. Yes, indeed. Kind of a disjointed, ugly first half. But I'd rather see Russ, if you if, if you say, all right, you got four quarters, where do you want to see Russ play his best ball? When you got a defense that's this good, you you want that answer, even if you didn't have a defense this good, you want that answer to be in the second half. And that's what Russ did. Uh, Michaela Israel throwing down a super chat. Great to see you, my friend. Appreciate that. She says, it was good to see the defense take the ball away. Yes, indeed, Eric. And even Nick Benito, right, gets himself a nice little strip sack. Uh, of course, the Jags fall on it. I mean, the Broncos have been terrible at falling on. That's just like a way the cookie crumbles type thing, guys. That's not something you could point to from a coaching emphasis or technique. It's it's just the way the ball falls, basically. And the Broncos, in that sense, Eric, have been little bit unlucky in uh, falling on any of these fumbles they're forcing but yeah Justin Simmons gets the pick and Nick Benito puts uh makes Trevor Lawrence put it on the ground and then of course K1 at the end yeah I, I mean of all the fumbles that Denver has forced and hasn't been able to recover there's only one right I can look at and think of okay the players here could have done a little bit better to try to get the ball doesn't mean they would have gotten it the rest of them is just unlucky bounce after unlucky bounce for the Broncos right into the person the hands of the person who fumbled it or right to an offensive lineman who's standing right there just unlucky bounce after unlucky bounce and doesn't matter i mean you can't you can't coach to fix that and i can't remember which coach it was there was a coach that talked about how sometimes to win a game you just need luck fortunately denver was able to break that today and win despite it but they had to get fumbles you need luck that's why the saying exists that sometimes it's better to be lucky than good because luck sometimes trumps being good, you know. Uh, Proud Pharisee wants to talk about Kush, saying, Eric, I, I couldn't agree more about Kush, and then Michaela as well saying, is it me? Or once Cushenberry got hurt, the line got better. 
Eric, one of the common tropes, and thank you, Michaela and Proud Pharisee, uh, one of the common tropes our listeners on the Mile High Huddle podcast here from Zach and myself is that we don't believe in coincidence. And look, the fact that Cush goes down, Glasgow goes goes in, and then all of a sudden the Broncos score some points and, and produce a plausible offense, I just don't think uh, you can dismiss the fact. And as Scott said earlier, Glasgow, he was watching that in person, and you weren't seeing him getting blasted back into Russ's uh, lap. If you didn't win a block in a, on a running play, he at least held his own on the on the uh, at the point of attack. And this is something you and I, in particular, Eric, have been pounding the table for bench Cushionberry for Dak Gum's sake for weeks and weeks now. Yeah, and it is unfortunate that happened for an injury. Um, it's why I'm trying to be a little bit tempered with my reaction to Glasgow because I've been saying it even before the season. I was saying Cushionberry shouldn't be handed the starting job. And he shouldn't have been. I mean, for two years, we saw him decline in his play. And then we got the chance for that mini bye week after the Colts game where he's been a big issue. And a lot of people wanted to keep pointing to Glasgow being a bigger problem than Cushenberry. But as Scott said earlier, Glasgow was at least holding his own more consistently. Yes, he would have a bad play every now and then, but it wasn't consistently being pushed back into the lap of the quarterback or three yards behind the line of scrimmage on the run play. He was at least holding the line. He's not a guy who generates a lot of push in the run game. He never really has been, but he uses the defender's momentum against him to help open a lane. And we saw and we saw that when he was starting in there for Quinn Miners. Well, now we got him in a guard, and there were still issues. A lot of the issues here, we got it on one time with the false starts that was called on Reisner and Miners moved as well because the timing with the snap counts isn't you know set there because Wilson hasn't snapped a lot. I'm with Glasgow at center. So th- we haven't had that, that chemistry and stuff built there, but with a player to player aspect of it, Glasgow is just the better player. And we saw it yep. again. It is a situation where you didn't have to have your guards consistently helping your center out every single play because you could trust Glasgow to win his one-on-one matchup. Yep. Well said Colby throwing down stars, the triple C in the house. Appreciate you, big dog. He says, Pat Sertan for the Hall of Fame. See, I thank you for the stars, by the way, brother. I love what I've seen from Pat Sertan, but I think the hype is getting a little carried away here. Like, we're not talking Champ Bailey 2005, where, like, not only do people not want to throw at him, but almost any time they do, he's picking it off. Like, that's how good – was it Oh five or 4? I think it was 5. I think that was his 8th interception season. Um, he's good. He's on the right path, but he's not quite – that like you know uh revis champ bailey level like no brainer i love what i'm seeing from him but i want to see i don't know you talk a lot eric about translating his physicality and coverage to his run fits um i i agree on that i thought it was better today but still and i want to see more ball production i get it he doesn't get a lot of targets quarterbacks are afraid of him but i want to see i want to see some more ball production but still Gotta love what you're seeing from PS2. The problem here, Eric, is if the Broncos don't find a way to turn this season around, barring like crazy stats, he won't make the Pro Bowl, which is a bummer. So you got to keep winning. Uh, and and Sertan can go this whole season, Eric, without a, a, an interception, and he'll make the Pro Bowl if you if you filled a, a competitive team. But if you go back into uh, irrelevance and you, you skid out of the the buy and and Sertan continues to just no one throws at him. There's no highlight plays. There's nothing. 
he's not going to be a pro bowler, which is unfortunate. Yeah. And Patrick Stan, he's been playing, he's been playing really good football. And yes. I feel bad because I always hit him for his lack of physicality in the run game, which feels unfair because of how good he's playing in coverage. Yeah. But as you said, you do want to see a little bit more ball protect ball production. I, I'm not a big guy of calling somebody a shutdown corner when they're allowing five or six catches. Mm. To me, that is, or a, that, I mean, that's, you're shutting them down a little bit, but you're not, not a lockdown corner. That's what I mean. You're not a lockdown right. corner because in the first game, yeah, he limited what the damage Metcalf did, but he still allowed five catches. And most of those either went for a first down or set up a first down on the falling play. Same thing with Devonte Adams, which is, Hey, that's a tough matchup. So that one is a, it's obviously, I mean, both of them are tough matchups. So a little grain of salt there with that, Yeah, but it's just, you will got to see more. He, he's a little there early on in the season against Metcalf. He was late a couple times, had a chance for a ball production, just was a little bit late. Devontae Adams. So just got to improve that. See the consistency there. Like I keep seeing people compare him to Champ Bailey. Champ Bailey was consistently excellent against the run. Always. And that we haven't seen that from Sertan yet. To me, with the way he's been against the run outside of today's game, he's been closer to Darrell Rivas because Revis was well known for his issues against the run. He didn't like to play against the run. Everybody should remember the one Tim Tebow run where he literally stepped out of the way and let Tebow run by him. Mm-hmm. That's what we've been seeing more from Sertan against the run. But with Revis, we got the ball production. So Sertan's on the right track to be a Hall yep. of Famer, just not quite there yet. Naj, I bet you are just so geeked up today, dude. I'm so happy for Naj and all Broncos fans because – you get to go into this two-week layoff, basically, right? Because it's a bye, so it's two weeks in between games. And you get to carry your head a little bit higher, feel a little bit better. He says, it feels amazing to win. Those two picks may have saved the season. And Russell Wilson delivered in the clutch. A 98-yard drive is huge. Go Broncos. Let's ride. Agreed, big dog. So happy to see the Broncos get this, especially in the face, Eric, of just all that the pressure and the rumors and the vitriol and the clowning and the memes. And you know what? It's the Jags. We don't, we don't want to crown the Broncos. It's not like they beat the chiefs here. Right. But that was, that was a, a much needed, badly needed win. It was, I mean, there was starting to form some, I mean, some uh, fishes were forming in the locker room um, and all that goes away when you win, even if it's a close game where things aren't great, a win helps ease it at the very least you're you know you're putting elmer's glue in the cracks a little bit to try to seal it um you're you're doing stuff to try to to, it helps fix those issues that are there there was issues between different players on the offense both with russ and with other issues there was issues forming on the defensive side of ball with the offense so this win was needed and it came at the great time with the bye week coming up and i don't want to say that this is going to you know completely flip the season but is a step in the right direction. Now it's just a matter. Uh, now it's just a matter of building off of it. Wero in the hizzy. <clears throat> pardon me. Love you, big dog. Your mug is on its way. He says uh, Benito is looking like another check box for George Payton. Eric, what has uh, what what do you think of Benito today? And it was it was a game. Let's be honest. Here's one of the things I want to say that big props to Nick Benito is Gregory out, Browning out. You needed to make an impact. And there were a couple of plays where he got exposed as a run defender, but he was pretty consistent, I thought, as far as when his number was called to get upfield and get after the passer, and he got that strip sack. 
Jags fell on it, but he got the strip sack. Yeah, he had that one excellent play where with the strip sack. He had a couple good pass rushes, but outside of that, I mean, I don't want to say it was more bad than good. It was just yeah. more doing what needed to be doing his job. Right. Like he was going out there. You're supposed to get after the quarterback. He's able to do that. His play against the run was not as terrible consistently. There were a few really bad plays, but it was just like it. This is what we should be getting from a guy who's seeing, who's playing in the NFL period, no matter what, no matter if they're a 64th pick or undrafted free agent. This is what you want to see from them. And it's just a matter of of developing him as a football player. I messaged this to the guys in the group chat is Nick Benito was extremely quick and that's why he's winning. That's why he's winning early on, but it's not able, you're not able to sustain success in the NFL with just winning with your quickness and athleticism. He has to develop as a football player because there are opportunities for so much more. If he would develop as a football player, than the play, than the few plays he has made so far. Proud Pharisee says, worried now that Hackett doesn't get fired, but was nevertheless rooting for my team. No, I mean, you want you want Hackett to figure this thing out. Guys, we always knew that, you know, whatever shade it took on, we always knew there was going to be a learning curve for a first-time head coach. We knew that. We thought Wilson would be good enough to kind of bridge the gap in terms of minimizing that trial and error learning curve. Turned out that he's only exacerbated it, but you want to see Hackett figure it out. You don't want the Broncos to have to go back to to the well in a perfect world because they still have to pay that coach, and it's just egg on the fr- franchise's face, and it's upheaval. It's instability. It's another scheme, another philosophy, another system coming in. You want him to work out. You want him to – I mean, that's the thing. If you're trying to find the upside to all these five losses to open this season, Broncos now three and five, it's that – as human beings, and this works on an individual and a collective level, we learn more from our failures than we do our successes. I mean, both are instructive. You can learn a lot from both. But the lessons tend to stick and in, in are, are hammered home more when you come up short. And I think if you look at that as, well, hey, what kind of education then has Hackett gotten on the job in his first year? You know, he's got a Ph.D. in learning what not to do. All right. Now. This is a step in the right direction, and hopefully now that they've got two weeks to kind of take a breath here, maybe we see it come out in the wash a little bit more, Eric. Yeah, as I said earlier, I don't think he was getting fired in season I because when you see that happen is when the coach is directly responsible for issues in the locker room. Like what they, their actions, their words, those are causing the issues. That hasn't been the case. So I, I I didn't expect him to get fired in the season, and he you never you never want a coach to get fired for the reasons you said. It is upheaval. It is a complete change in scheme, typically, unless you're sticking with something. But in that case, it still brings different issues because of verbiage changes. So you you, you want to keep some stability for it. I mean, if we think back after Vance Joseph fired, Vic Fangio was the guy, and then Hackett was the guy. Well, are we going to have that same trend? I know that you got to. It's kind of like quarterbacks. You got to keep turning over. Um, the leaf to try to find the new um, to find the guy, yep. but you can't just give up on a guy so early at the same time, especially when there are so many issues with the offense. Like not saying Hackett isn't an issue, execution, the quarterback play, the offensive line, the lack of run game, injuries—they're all problems with it. So you don't really want to fire him and move on to somebody who may or may not be the guy. Um, I still don't think he's completely safe and guaranteed a second year. But this game was, you know, cooled down his seat a little bit. 
some of that pressure off. Jess says, we need to make a run now. Let's go. We're right there with you. There is hope yet that the Broncos can do that. Proud Pharisee, good for Wilson. I can't imagine how he's been dealing with all the personal attacks, what this game must mean for him. Well, you heard from Scott um, joining us at the top of the show, thereabouts anyway, that Russ lingered on the field, whatever he was doing, and then when he exited the field for the locker room, Broncos fans gave him a big ovation. That's another thing that he probably needed. Like when it comes to big stars, ego is so important and how you massage that ego and how you feed it. And, you know, he's taken some big hits to his ego and he comes off in his pressers like he's completely oblivious to it, but he's not. And you can tell that by what he tweets. He tweets these passive aggressive kind of blast backs in a in an inspirational sense you know might be a biblical quote might be freaking churchill might be whatever but you can tell he's hearing it and so i agree eric this is good for him to remember okay yeah i am the man even though i'm never gonna say publicly that i ever questioned that i'm the man you know i'm like what the heck's going on i am the man yeah 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 let's go this and i mean belief is the first part you gotta believe in yourself if you want to succeed in anything you got to know and believe that you can do it and confidence. And so all of those things kind of feed into this. That's why they call it a confidence boosting win. You can build on these, even against a two and five opponent that's now two and six, like the Jaguars. This is something that you can use as a stepping stone to something bigger. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that it's going to be a boost for his confidence. And that, that was needed. You could tell, especially after that Colts game, you could just tell with his demeanor that his confidence was completely shaken. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a game to help boost it back a little bit. And we still saw some issues with it, but it's just a step forward for it. Help build that confidence back up and help playing better because football is there's conf- it's a confidence game. Like you have to be confident to be out there on the field. And former players will talk about it all the time. If you're not confident in your abilities, then you don't belong out there on the field. And so it's it's the right step for Wilson. It's the right step for this team, especially such a young team as this is with a young staff, a new staff, like building that confidence all the way around is just a step in the right direction. And, you know, you talk about Colby's bringing up here that throw to Hamler saved us, fixed the penalties and third downs and we're an actual team. Well said, big dog. But, you, t- you know, Eric, you brought up the fact that there was rumblings about fracturing in a locker room, and K.J. Hamler at one point showcased his displeasure. But look at this shot at the end of the game. Yep. That's K.J., okay, giving Russ props amidst an interview with ESPN. Does that look like a guy who hates his cue? Does that look like a guy that is going to bed every night uh, utterly resentful of all the attention Russell Wilson gets and this dude's got his own office? Not to me. That, that looks like a guy that's like, yeah, big bro, we did it. You the man. Talk to you in a little bit. See you in the locker room. That's what you want to see. Um, Wero says, don't need, <clears throat> pardon me, we don't need Hackett fired. We need the players to execute, Eric. Yeah, and that's a big issue with it. But execute player execution, that falls on the feet of the head coach. Like, it's your job to get players out there ready. It could be a situation of that you're not calling the right plays which is an issue with it. Denver, like they've gone to more inside zone duo, things like that, more between the tackle running and the running game has been more effective doing that. Whenever they go to outside zone, it's just a complete crap show. (laughs) And so like the execution of it, they don't have the players to do it. So the execution on, in this example, those outside zone plays, that is 100% on Hackett because you're not calling the type of plays 
that your offense can go out there and execute. You don't have the guys on the offensive line that can move so well uh, laterally. You don't have that lateral agility on the offensive line that you need to run an outside zone scheme. So you got to change it up. You got to call what they can do. And so execution, a lot of the times it can fall on the thing on the feet of the coach. But of course, when you have certain players out there that are just bad players, execution is on them as well because they're just bad. Mark Rich, great to see you. Thank you for the super chat, my friend. He says, Dulcich, the rookie tight end, seems to be the Trufus. My name's Rufus. That's the Trufus at tight end. Excited for his future. Denver Broncos for life. Yeah, he's been very impressive. And you know what? I was like, when the Broncos used that third-round pick on him, Eric, and Zach and I were there at the draft when the pick came in, I was like, I didn't hate him as a player, but I was like, really? With the needs on the o-line and you just got Russ like this dude but and then of course that was only uh exacerbated by the fact that he gets hurt you don't see him in training camp he misses the first quarter of the season but all this dude has done since his return to the field is make plays gotta love it yeah I mean my big thing with Dulcich was they needed offensive line and they needed blocking at tight end position, which Dulcich isn't great at. And I'll come back to that on this. And plus, when they traded away Noah Fant, there was so much hype about Albert Okwebenam that they were talking about how much improved he is. Well, hindsight is, this was a great pick. Not only is Dulcich working out, Albert Okwebenam has been a healthy scratch since Dulcich came back. And I remember when Dulcich was drafted, I was talking to him with a college tight end coach. And the response he made, or the one of the things he said, because we're talking about is blocking specifically, and he said that you can be a bad blocker as long as you're giving effort and still win ugly, and that's what Dulcich is. He showed today that his technique wasn't great, but he gave effort and he won multiple blocks in an ugly way, including that one Judy touchdown. Yeah, Steve, we did walk on the moon, big dog. Thanks for the question. Ryan... <clears throat> Great win today. Thank you for the super chat, bro. He says, Judy and Dulcich are starting to break out, especially Dulcich. Have to clean some things up, but step in the right direction. You ain't lying. Eric, love seeing Judy get more involved in this. Russ going to him more, getting into other. And we spent a lot of time on Dulcich in this conversation, but how do you feel about uh, Judy? And then we'll grab uh, Colby here. Um, Judy is a guy that... When things are going good, he's a great teammate. When things are going bad, he's not the best teammate. Things are going good. Um, it, the report came out from Adam Schefter that they're not really looking to move him or Hamler. There's a lot of questions about Judy's fit with Russell Wilson. They showed what they can do together, and it's just a matter of playing to that. But we also saw a couple weeks ago, um, the Chargers game, what the miscommunication issues are between Judy and Russ, I mean, there were like four or five throws to Judy's way that Judy wasn't in the vicinity because either he messed up or Russ made a bad throw, whatever the case is. Don't know without knowing the play call for sure. It's just you got to get them working on the same page, and that just hasn't happened consistently so far this season. Today was a step in the right direction. Colby says Adam Schefter just said that a team is willing to give a first-rounder for Chubb. That being the case, Eric, do you trade him? Um, I wouldn't trade Bradley Chubb personally because I have, even with Baron Browning stepping up, even with Randy Gregory, I still have a lot of concerns about this edge room health wise. Baron Browning hasn't shown the ability to stay healthy for an out there. He's dealt with seven or eight injuries in his two seasons so far. Randy Gregory has never been able to play a full season injuries being the reason of late over the last few seasons. 
what are we getting out of Nick Benino? Will he step up? Jonathan Cooper, will he step up? There's just enough questions for me that I would pay Chubb because after next year, you can move on from Randy Gregory if he's still dealing issues, or you could try to trade him. Bradley Chubb, even with his injury history, he's just on a completely different level from Randy Gregory and Baron Browning. He's so consistent against the run, such a good pass rusher. He's an all-around player. I wouldn't trade him. If a team is offering a first, though, and I believe the actual report is a first and more, depending on what the more is, I'd consider even with the win because you still have so many other issues for on this team. And despite my personal concerns about the edge room, you have the players there. You got it. You're basically going to look at completely rebuilding the offensive line. Having that first round pick could help, mm-hmm. you know, rebuild that offensive line. So it's tough because it's, do you want to pay him or don't you? And I think if you do move him, it help opens up the um, options that you have with the franchise tag after the season. Talked about this a little bit Friday night because Draymond Jones is needing an extension as well. And right now, it's if you you have to get a deal done with one of the two because otherwise one of them is likely going to walk because you can only franchise tag one player. Remind me when the deadline is. The trade deadline is Tuesday. Okay, so we could see some some things happen here. Uh, Chaos Josh, the boot boy, 90, took the 60 bus down to Winner's Town. Hack's best game, best called game. Russ looked late game. Dulcich is the truth. You like that, Josh? That was strictly for <laughs> Josh, okay? And any rancid fan within the sound of my voice. Yes, Russ looked late. Uh, looked late in the game. I think good do, is what he's trying to say. Hackett's best called game. Dulcich, he's saying, is the truthest. Finally, a win to feel good about, albeit against the Jags. Solid Moral win, if nothing else, let's go Broncos. It's a win-win. I mean, it helps you in the morale department, but it's a legit win. Uh, Josh, we appreciate you, big dog. Uh, Phil, jumping in morning. Dulcich was a beast today. So happy Glasgow showed up. He should be at center. MHH for life. Yes, my friend, we loved seeing it. Again, unfortunate, as Eric's said a couple of times, to see it come at the expense of a Cushionberry injury. But um, sometimes that's how things shake out in the league, where – a, a, a spell of misfortune creates opportunity and, and whoever steps into that role moves the needle. Uh, NHH five, it blows our minds. How many great Broncos fans and supporters of MHH live in Hawaii? Like some of the most legendary figures in our community of, of listeners and commenters from D dub Kayaka, uh, NH five here. I mean, throwing down. Thank you. Very, very generous. Super chat. He says, Holy crap, we scored three touchdowns. I woke up at 3.30 a.m. Hawaii time to watch this game. Going to be a much more pleasant flight home while doing high knees. That's right. That's right, Eric. Some high knees. What do you think of all that stuff, the the workout, the treatment on the plane? I get it, but at the same time, when I'm on a plane and somebody starts doing that, I'm not going to be happy. But there's a difference from, you know, a public flight compared to a private flight with teammates and everything like that. Teammates didn't seem to care, so it shouldn't be that big of a deal um, to the media, to the public, or anything like that. But if anybody ever did that on one of my flights, I would be a very angry person. Lilo with, what, four or five today? Thank you, big dog. Nine games after the bye week. Uh, Broncos at three and five right now. Hackett's job on the line. Can this stretch bolster the Broncos' season uh, be make or break playoff hopes, uh, be an incentive if the offense can, as you said, make the run. The only thing I think it's possible, Lilo, I'm not going to lie to you. Is it probable? I'm not going to say that. Is it possible? Yes. 
there's the, the biggest thing outside of what we've already discussed here this morning, um, besides Hackett and Russ getting on the same page. The biggest thing that gives me doubt is at a certain point, the volume, Eric, the amount, the number of personnel losses that you have suffered from Javante Williams, right? I mean, Randy Gregory's chilling. We could go through the the litany, Garrett Bowles, Ronald Darby. I'm forgetting half of them right now because there's so many, right? At a certain point, you can't overcome that, or at least it costs you and your ability uh, to survive it. And I'm not sure, you know, before the season started, if you would have said, hey, here's how many players the Broncos and who they're going to lose by week eight. How does that affect the outlook? Before this season started, I would have said, hey, I think Russ is the is the answer here. The fact that you've got a true franchise quarterback, that's the bridge. You know, there's the gap. Russ bridges it. But now I'm not so sure he's going to be enough this year to overcome it. But I don't want to take away from the shine of this win. You know, fans should be optimistic that this can be a launching pad. It's just that I wonder, we already know it's costing them in some way the losses that they've suffered personnel-wise, Eric, but that's only going to intensify as these games become more meaningful for all teams involved week in and week out. Yeah, it's not a 0% chance that they are, they don't make the playoffs. They definitely can use this turnaround and you know make that run. But they have to stay out of their way, and they have to stay healthy. Penalties, you know, the costly turnovers, things like that. They can't They can't keep shooting themselves in the foot, which happened a few times today. And they got to stay healthy out there because we saw in the preseason when they were resting the starters that the depth of this team isn't the best. Losing too many, like things are going to collapse. And it seems like Denver's right on the verge of that happening at the moment on the defensive side of the ball. Fortunately, Randy Gregory should be, should hopefully will be back after the bye week. Um, Caden Stearns, he's on injury reserve. There's a lot of pessimism about his hip injury, saying that we might not get him back this season. Ronald Darby's a loss. Quan Williams is banged up and keeps getting banged up. Like Josie Jewell's another one. Like one or two losses on that defensive line, and this thing just completely falls apart. Yep. So if if nothing else, guys, just keep hoping that the D-line guys stay healthy. All right, Savage Boy Kev, Eric wants to know how you feel like the linebackers played today. They played good. I mean, every single one of them had some really big plays. I do think that it was noticeable that Jonas Griffith and Alex Singleton started rotating in and out. Um, Joseph Joe was the one constant at the linebacker position, and he played in a, a really good game, albeit probably won't get the note, the attention that he deserves for it. Um, Alex Singleton and Jonas Griffith, I mean, they both have their strengths. They both have their weaknesses. And if you can combine them, you'd have an excellent linebacker. But alas, it's two players trying to fill one thing. So rotating them based on down distance and different looks and everything like that is it's a good thing to see because Jonas Griffith has had his major issues so far this season. And Alex Singleton, you don't want him in coverage like you want him keeping the play in front of him, reading and reacting and trying to make those run fills. Just got to improve his tackling a little bit because he keeps whiffing on tackles. Let's grab this from Josh Alstrom, who's been a longtime listener with us here at MHH. It's great to see you, Josh. He says, taunting is so stupid. These are grown men, sticks and stones. We agree with you on that, my friend. We agree with you on that. Um, in case I can't find it, I've been p- keeping my eyes peeled. I want to give a quick shout-out here to Claude Riley, who threw down the biggest star donation of the day so far. Appreciate that, brother. Seriously, thank you, Claude. We're, we're the chat's very heavy right now, so it's going to be – and there's no producer, so it's hard for 
I'm worried I might not find you if you have a comment or question, but we're keeping an eye out. Just wanted to make sure you got that shout out because it's very deserved. Oh, wait, right here. Jacoy, hang tight. Here's here's Claude saying, finally, go Broncos. Amen, big dog. It's great to see you, Claude. Jacoy, Eric says, going to Nashville for the game after the bye. Dope. Hopefully the Broncos can keep some momentum from this game to make it worthwhile. Yeah, let's examine the lay of the land real quick, Eric. Um, post by as far as the sketch here. So hopefully you guys can see that. Let me blow it up just a little bit, see what it does for us. Let's do that. Okay. So Jags, uh, standby. Okay. So Jags and then the bye, and then they come out of that with a road game against the Titans, which is going to be tough. Um, then they're back home against the Raiders and their opportunity to truly get revenge on Josh McDaniels. Then it's on the road at the Panthers. Then it's on the road at the Ravens. Then it's home against the Chiefs, December 11th, my birthday. Then it's home against the Cards, all right? On the road at the Rams, week 16. And then on the road at the Chiefs. Uh, and then you finish up at home with the Chargers. I mean, that's a pretty brutal stretch. There's only a couple of games that give you a breather, slightly. I mean, it's the league, so you can't really say breather here, Eric, but like the Panthers game, we'll see what form the Raiders are taking by the time week 11 rolls around, but you know McDaniels, no matter how bad they might be between now and then, they'll get their dander up for the Broncos. I mean, Cardinals, that might give them a little bit of a respite, uh, otherwise it's a pretty brutal, I mean, it would take a truly hall of fame caliber turnaround, you know, exhibit of leadership and poise and performance from Russ for the Broncos to, I mean, you can't with that slate of games down the stretch, Eric, you can't lose five in your first eight. That's the problem, you know? So it'll be a miracle if the Broncos make the playoffs this year, but more than anything, I think right now, guys, we just need to see progress between Hackett and Russ and let because you got to be able to know by the time the season ends whether there's hope for that whether this will really was the right coaching hire that's still in question yeah I mean as you said after the bye week the schedule was brutal and it looked brutal when the schedule first came out and that's why so many myself included talked about you needed to get off to a hot start you needed to be have six seven wins by the bye week to help ease the beating that you're about to face because you have early East Co- East coast game, you're back home, then early East coast game, early East coast game, two of those East coast games against teams that were expected to be tough and the Titans and the Ravens and both look extremely tough. The Titans, Derek Henry scares the living crap out of me with how this run defense has been. He's that big physical back that is hard to take down that Denver has struggled with. Josh Jacobs is the closest they face to that. And look what Josh Jacobs did against them. They can spread you out, make you play small ball, and just use Derrick Henry's physicality to just move the ball consistently down the field. And then who knows what the Raiders will be, who knows what the Broncos will be even, because we don't know for sure if they'll go go to that. And then the Ravens are just such a physical team that you got to take away the running game and force them to pass. But we saw last year that even if we force Lamar Jackson to to pass, he'll still make make enough plays to move the ball downfield and put points on the board. So... It's, you know, it's tough. One of my favorite NFL quotes of all time was when Lamar starts popping and he gets asked at the podium, hey, you know, you did this, you broke this record, you passed. He's like, yeah, not bad for a running back, right? I, <laughs> I still love that, dude, just digging the knife in because he was so dissed coming out of Louisville after being the Heisman guy and 
he decides to be his own rep. He doesn't hire an agent because he doesn't want to give that commish. So he and his mother kind of tag team it. I love that about Lamar, but this is not a Lamar podcast. All right, we're at an hour. So we got a rapid fire here, Eric, because there's work to be done at MHH. Judas says, first time in Denver. I'm officially 1-0. Well, right on. The game wasn't in Denver, though, so that's weird. But either way, Judah, thank you. Legendary, pivotal figure in MHH lore, Chris Hernandez, Super Chat Superstar, Mount Rushmore, with a, always a symbolic Super Chat on game day, 21 for the 21 points Denver scored. He says, not going to lie, I am a bit surprised, but I'm happy for this win. Amen, brother. Proud Pharisee, can we talk about Dulcich? I think we've spent a lot of time on it. Thank you for the super chat, brother. We have talked a lot about Dulcich today. Alonzo Gonzalez, that's a newer name. Welcome. Connect with us on Twitter, Big Doc. Uh, not only did we get the dub, but Jerry Judy, that Jerry Judy touchdown was a middle finger to Pat Shermer. We're back, baby. Yeah, that was, uh, I said somewhere, you know, uh, when Jerry scored that, I was like, somewhere Pat Shermer's going like this. <laughs> you know, James Coates also. Thank you, bro. Appreciate that. Um, okay, let me see. I don't want to leave anybody out in the cold here. Um, hang tight, hang tight. No producer today, so we're navigating this ourselves. Michaela Israel with another super chat. Thank you. Appreciate you. She says, I feel like we saw more chemistry with KJ and Judy. Hamler hugged Russ after the game. Yes, we flashed that picture. What it, why is it taking so long, Eric, for the Broncos to figure out how to involve KJ Hamler in this, these game plans? I don't know. Like, it's what's frustrating is that he's been doing well getting open, just hasn't always been seen. But it's just the way he's been used hasn't always been consistent enough. And who knows if we'll start seeing it consistently. His speed is a difference maker on the offense. And this was a game. I believe in my matchups I highlighted, this was a great game to get Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler involved, testing out the depth the Jaguars have at corner because they have favorable matchups, and we saw it. There's no one on the on the Jaguars' defense that can match KJ Hamler's speed. I mean, on that big play he had, the corner played as, played it as good as he can. He just is not fast enough to keep up with him. So you just got to open up those shots and take them every now and then. Don't want to force it. And fortunately, it worked out for Denver and, some other times when they have tried it, felt a little bit more forced. It didn't turn out in Denver's favor. Miguel, thank you for the stars, brother. He says, don't want to dampen the wind, but do you think the Broncos still trade Chubb? I don't think they will because I think that this was enough of a confidence booster that, well, I'll just put it this way. I'll be surprised if they if they do. Just because, unless it's just a offer you can't refuse type thing, like a Vaughn-type offer, which, if that's the case... Considering Chubb's history, um, you make that move. But what's the most? What What do you think is the most George Payton's been offered so far for Chubb? A first, another day two pick, probably a third rounder, and a day three pick, probably six or seven, is what I think he's been offered. So you have to make a decision. Is that enough to risk um, not having our a pass rush? as we compete to make the most of this stretch run, it's a tough decision. I don't, I don't envy Peyton having to make that, but um, if it's a one and a two, I think you make it because as Eric said, it's not just about 
you know, Chubb and his history and, and how is he going to play down the stretch? But Draymond Jones is a free agent too. And it's going to be hard to pay both those guys, keep them both. So, you know, a tough decision is going to be have to be made either way is the point here. And if you can make that decision with a little bit of gain, you know, you, you come out ahead, some profit, you do that. Ayatollah of uh, Kraut Rock and Rolla. All right. Newer name. Welcome. Thank you for that super chat. Very generous. It says, I was at the game at SoFi, and that was heartbreaking on so many levels. And the Jets game, oof. But to get a win, as ugly as it was, might hopefully point us in the right direction. Go Broncos. See, and thank you for the super chat, brother. I disagree that it was an ugly win. I mean, <laughs> every football game has some uh, ugly components to it. Like, the Houston game was ugly. You literally got nothing out of that offense till the fourth quarter drive where Russ went and got a tutty. Same thing in that Niners game. That was Those were two, like, ugly wins. This one was actually a pretty balanced, complimentary win. You got contributions on D with the takeaways and the sacks, and uh, you got contributions from your offense, albeit took till the second half, but you got third-quarter touchdown. You got uh, fourth-quarter touchdown. So I think it was, honestly, of the three wins Denver's gotten, it's definitely the most rounded. Perfect? No, but more complete than any of them. Yeah, of their of their wins, it was the prettiest of the bunch, mm-hmm. um, which doesn't say much, as you said, with the, the way the other games looked. Um, wasn't perfect. I mean, it was a really rough start, and Denver just managed to do enough and look good enough at key moments to put it away. They had that drive at the end of the second half, and then the or at the end of the first half, and then the second half was pretty consistent. There was one drive where they went back to doing these more complicated stuff and the offense was went three and out, which was just mind boggling after the success they had. I think it was the drive after the 98 yard touchdown drive and they just got to stop doing that. Stop shooting yourselves in the foot and you'll be far more consistent and look far better. And it doesn't just go with execution. It just goes with what you're doing offensively. Uh, Lilo, you're awesome. When was the last time we got uh, struck by lightning with injuries? If they can, get all injured guys back next season healthy. Could this team be scary? Yes, especially if the coaching and the quarterback finally share a brain. And then he says here, just for laughs, bring back Tebow mania. Bring back some kind of mania. Broncos need it. They need it. But, yeah, that's the thing is, you know, all the Kings horses and all the Kings men, if you get them all back, it's going to be a huge step forward, give you more than a fighting chance. But it would all be for not Eric if you don't figure out how to get the most out of Russ, the coaches have to figure out how to make that a consistent thing. If you get those two things, you're you're a juggernaut. You're a juggernaut. But those are big ifs right now, unfortunately. Um, and we're about out of time. I'm taking one last look here. Uh, yeah, final thoughts, Eric, on this game, and then we'll sign off for for today. I mean, it was a step in the right direction. It was good to see. It's just a matter of building off of it. There's a lot to like. Um, I saw earlier in the chat people were taking my criticisms on Sertan as bashing him. Wasn't That wasn't my intention. Definitely. Great yeah, player. neither one of us. We're not bashing Sertan. Yeah, it, he's still a great player. It's just I want to see him be elite. I want to see him be excellent. And he still has steps to make. Um, it's just fixing a couple things on defense, fixing a couple things, being more consistent on the offense. I'm curious to see what they do um, after the bye week, what changes they make, if any. 
and uh, to see how this team goes. And I actually, you know, I'm actually looking forward to the next game for a change this yes. season, at least. Yep. Let's hope that they can continue um, to find a way, I should say, to build on this, get a little bit healthier during the bye, and uh, get after it down the stretch. But thank you so much, everybody, for joining us today. Before we sign off, make sure you're following the Mile High Huddle podcast on Twitter, easy at the MHH pod. Uh, also, the main account, the mothership at Mile High Huddle. Don't forget to give the Mile High Huddle podcast Facebook page a follow while uh, when you're on Facebook. And then go to huddleuppod.com to get your swag on. Get a hat, brand new design like this, all right? Brand new tees, all kinds of stuff. More than we've ever had as far as options, uh, merchandise-wise, to support what we do here. You can get what whatever your hearts desire with a little logo. This is the most updated logo. We love it. We think you do, too. All the feedback has been that you guys love it as well. So check it out. It's another great way, the merch store, huddleuppod.com. It's another great way to support what we do here. Don't forget, if you are... Even if you don't listen to the podcast uh, as an on-demand affair in terms of like on Apple Pods or Spotify or whatever, you're with us live every night. You can do a small solid for us by just going, if you're an Apple user, opening up Apple Podcasts, finding the show, the Mile High Huddle Podcast, which under the MHH umbrella, all the pods are under the MHH pod. So even if you hate me, you hate Zach, but you love Dove Valley Deep Divers or you love Broncos for Breakfast, Review the Mile High Huddle podcast with five stars and because it's all under one umbrella. And it also helps us, yes, but it also enters you into the drawing each and every month. We raffle off a five-star reviewer from that month, a little, little piece of swag, a little something-something, a little thank you, okay? And then last but not least, hey, while you're here, subscribe, like, and share. So you can see on the ticker below, these are three things that you can do to help us out organically in a big, bad way. Eric, bro, can't wait to read your grades article on this one. Thanks for making time, and uh, have a good good weekend, bro. Yeah, no problem. I hope everybody in chat has a great weekend and has a safe holiday tomorrow for those of you that celebrate it. Yeah. I will be on in the morning with Nick, so it'll be another bright and early morning for me. So uh, those of you that are up for that, tune in. All right. For Eric Trickle, I'm Chad Jensen. That was great to see. Broncos needed that win. So we'll sign off with the old Zach Kelberman uh, way of doing it. Go Broncos.